for me, a signature story is a core part of any presentation that sells. The big thing here is that most people think that they're telling their story, but when you tell it correctly, you're actually telling your audience's story. And the most effective way to do that is to enter the internal tension and conversation that you are having with yourself through the struggle and the challenge that you had in your story. And so external experiences are specific, internal experiences are universal. And so when you tell your signature story, the way that you take people on the journey with you is you have a deeper experience of what was going on internally in you, the struggles you had, the desires you had, the tension you felt, the disappointment, you know, the overwhelm, whatever you were experiencing, because that's the universal experience that humans have. The specific experience externally makes it a story. The internal experience makes it a universal transfer of emotion and journey. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. I will live every day as if it were a microphone tucked under my tongue. It's great to get in the game, but don't get in the game until you understand the rules till you're an insider. Your life changes when you begin having a different conversation in your head. What we need to do in radically deep problems is propose radically visionary solutions. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Greetings, everyone. My name is Julie Masters, and you are listening to another episode of Inside Influence, in which I delve into the minds of some of the world's most fascinating influencers or experts in influence to get to the bottom of what it really takes to own your voice and then amplify it to drive an industry, a conversation, a movement, or a nation. Now, here's today's question What's your signature story? The story that you know works every time, that when you tell it in a pitch or a presentation or in a meeting, you can feel the room or the individual that you're talking to start to shift. That shift from logically thinking about the transformation, the change, the results that you're trying to describe to actually feeling them. When the whole room starts to embody the exact moment in time and space that you're describing, the smells, the sights, the sounds, the situation or the struggle, and the possibility of what might happen next. Now that shift as an influencer is where all the magic happens. Because it's, it's in that space that they stop hearing your story and they start hearing their story the struggles that they're currently facing, the transformation that they could experience, the results that are available for them. Having worked in the speaking industry for a long time, I have heard literally thousands of signature stories. Stories designed to shift hearts and minds on a particular idea or topic. Stories that the tellers themselves have honed and refined over years with the precision of a surgeon to make sure that they are as impactful as humanly possible. I've seen those that work, I've seen those that fail, and those rare few that genuinely have the ability to shift an entire room on its axis in a matter of minutes. And yet, the science of the signature story, exactly how it works, has always remained largely a mystery. We know that it needs to be personal, it needs to be human, that it needs to be visceral, you need to paint an exact picture of a moment in time, and that it needs to be authentic, it needs to be true to you and usually describes some kind of breakthrough or epiphany. But the secret sauce? Yeah, hard to tell. 
So when I happened to be in a room recently listening to today's guest decode signature stories in a way that I had never heard before, I knew that I had to have him on the podcast. Colin Boyd is obsessed with helping experts and entrepreneurs present in a way that creates action or sell from stage in a non-pushy or sleazy way. His keynotes at conferences around the world on topics such as persuasive communication, selling ideas have graced the stages of clients including Coca-Cola, Suncorp, Fuji Xerox, Hewlett Packard. He runs a high-level mastermind program for speakers and content creators and delivers his signature program, Sell From Stage Academy, which helps people turn every single presentation into a conversion machine. In this conversation, we cover a ton of practical ground, including why identifying and learning to tell your signature story is the fastest route to creating action for anyone, anywhere, on any topic. The biggest mistakes we make when it comes to telling our signature stories and how to avoid them. Hint here, this is not your origin story. This is not your biography. We talk about the moment that he realized he was, and I'll use his words here, one irresistible presentation, one irresistible story away from his next breakthrough. A realization that very quickly took his business from $0 in revenue to earning over $100,000 in less than one hour. We talk about the three keys to a signature story, including getting the balance right between vulnerability, i.e. where you failed, and invincibility, where you succeeded, and why most of us tend to only feel comfortable at one end of that spectrum. We talk about the exact formula of a compelling signature story. Have your pad and paper ready here, or you can check out the show notes. There's a PDF template in there. Finally, why finding and telling your signature story is always a journey inward, and like any inward journey, the most important ingredients is courage. You know, Colin has literally dedicated his whole career and business to decoding the stories that work and more importantly, those that compel people to take action. However, what I really want you to focus on during our conversation isn't necessarily the numbers, although they are very, very impressive, but the potential. This isn't just a conversation about selling, although you'd be crazy if you're in any kind of a sales role and there's an argument to be made that we all are to not take a lot of notes here. This is a conversation about traction, about bridging the gap between the action that you want people to take when you present or pitch or speak and them actually taking it. To use Colin's language, your only role as an influencer, as a leader, as a speaker is to create and hold a sacred space of transformation. Then your next job, finding the most compelling way to invite people in. And your story, especially the parts of it that you find the most uncomfortable to tell, is always the most compelling invitation. Now, speaking of stories, as a special request here, I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell me yours. You may have heard me mention on the podcast before that I'm in the midst of creating something very new and exciting that I'm hoping to launch later this year. Now, usually this is the place where I would encourage you to download the the influencer code ebook or jump onto the newsletter. But today I'm going to put a personal request out there for you to do just one thing. I want to hear about your journey, your story, including what you're struggling with right now when it comes to becoming a more powerful influencer. I would love it if you could take a few moments to head over to juliemasters.com slash survey, a link also in the show notes, and answer five questions that would really help me help you even more. 
So if you've enjoyed these episodes and you'd like to help me make them even better, a few minutes of your time would really make a difference for me. And I would be exceptionally grateful for any information that you gave me. So once again, it is juliemasters.com slash survey to answer five very simple questions about your journey as an influencer. As always, I read every single response. On that note, sit back, stride out, stretch your pen holding fingers because you are going to be taking plenty of notes for this one and soak up the genius of the man literally behind a thousand stories, Colin Boyle. Welcome to the podcast, Colin Boyd. It's so good to be here, Julie. Do you know what? It's just really nice hearing an Australian accent. <laughs> oh, there we go. And it's, I mean, it is nice for me hearing an Australian accent because all I do is talk with Americans and, and Canadians, which I love, but uh, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty great to talk with an Aussie. <laughs> it's funny. I have this dual citizenship. So, you know, I'm obviously British. I live in Australia. A lot of my work is with the US. And so I have a certain level of comfort in all spaces. But every time I hear a British or an Australian accent, like my whole heart just goes, oh, hello. Hello. It's like, it is well with my soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it feels, right? Sound for my soul. All right. Well, let's let's jump it because there is literally since you know we met a few a few weeks ago now, and I've got a thousand and one questions. So let's kick off. Is there one idea that's having a lot of impact on your thinking now? And the reason that I ask that question is because usually those who have incredible ideas, who are on the forefront of ideas, tend to get to them before the rest of us or notice them before the rest of us. And so, what's one idea that's just really influencing the way you think about your space at the moment? Yeah, I think for me, um, and we can we can dive deep into this in today's conversation, but one of the big thing that come, comes up for me is that like everyone has got a story that they want to tell. Like they've got like an origin story. They've got like a, a journey that they want to share. And most people don't understand the purpose of their signature story is that is that they misunderstand the reason why they're sharing their signature story. And so one of the, my obsessions that I've had recently is really around helping people to realize the purpose of their signature story is actually to impart one belief in their audience that would help the audience to commit to the area that they help them with on the next level. So in other words, for me, one of my obsessions is helping people to sell from a stage, whether it be a virtual or a live stage. And so their story is really the thing that, that imparts the belief system in the audience to say yes to themselves on the next level. And I think it's, it's really important to say here that we, whenever we're in a storytelling mode, whether we're storytelling because we're pitching, whether we're storytelling because we're presenting, whether we're sat down with a potential investor and we're walking them through what it is we want them to invest in, we are, we're looking for some form of action. We're looking for some form of commitment. And that's the power of a signature story, that it is the story that you know in your toolkit, in your arsenal of tools, it is the tool that you know it has the most chance of getting somebody to actually put something into practice, take an action, say yes. That's my very quick definition of, of a signature story. And obviously, you know, you and I have, have worked in the space of signature stories for a long time. What's yours? Because I have plenty of blind spots with this. <laughs> uh, so I remember I was sitting at my desk 
Uh, and looking at my calendar, I was a life coach at the time living in Australia. And uh, I had this big desire, this big dream of growing a coaching business at the time, to be honest. Um, and I had no idea how to do it. And uh, I was looking at my calendar. Had, had I had, let's call it a half of a client because <laughs> they would pay me. I don't even want to know what a half of a client is. It just sounds <laughs> wrong. Yeah. They would pay me like every other month and turn up every other month kind of thing. Right. And so I had this huge desire to make a difference and I just felt stuck. I didn't, I just didn't know what to do with, with my business. And I got a phone call from a friend and I mean, you would know this experience very well is like, I got a phone call from a friend they said, Hey, there's a speaking opportunity coming up. They didn't want to do it. Um, because they couldn't just, they couldn't make the date. They, they had a friend who didn't want to do it and it was a free speaking engagement. So you can imagine like, this is a hot lead, right? <laughs> not really, not really. And I turn up, I turn up to the event. The event organizer runs up to me and he's like, Colin, you wouldn't believe this. This is the biggest event we've had for our community. We've got 157 people here. Um, and I, I was freaked out. For me, this is bad news because I wasn't a speaker. I, I hadn't spoken on a stage before. Um, it was really freaking me out. And and I I ended up speaking that evening. And at the end, I made an offer. And what I didn't realize was that it was an irresistible offer. And so what happened was of the 157 people, there was about 135 of them that gave me their details. Uh, I followed up. I ended up signing 12 full-time coaching clients. And then uh, HP ended up contact, contacting me four days later and signing me on as one of their main conference speakers, which I, I spoke with HP for 10 years around the world. Um, and what blew me away was that literally in one presentation, your, your world, your business can just change and explode. Um, and so that was the first time I realized the power of using a stage. And I think now with the access to virtual stages, the access to um, scaling through webinars and so forth, which is really what I teach now, the, um, the possibility of that expansion just grows more and more. And you just have this beautiful way of putting it, you I remember I've heard you talk about this realization before and you said, you know, I realized I was one irresistible presentation away from my next breakthrough, which I think yes. for most of us is <laughs> for most of us, myself included, you know, is so true. And I've seen that power over and over and over again, where just one moment, one hour, one conversation, one presentation, one pitch has the power to change absolutely everything about what comes next. Mm. I, one of my clients recently, um, his name's John, and uh, he, he came to me and he was running some live webinars. Uh, he was getting like 2% conversion. Um, and we, we added in the right signature story and a whole bunch of other things, which are called infusion selling, which we'll go, go into today. And he texted me the other day and he said that within the next year, he did close to a million dollars on a re on a reoccurring webinar that's completely automated. And, and it went up to a 9% conversion rate on his presentation. And he said, like literally this one presentation is taking me, taking me from about $200,000 a year to a million dollars a year on reoccurring revenue. And it's literally, he's got one presentation. That's, that's his whole business. And so like, that's an example of it. <laughs> and I think it's, it's also important to talk about, you know, we're talking, we're talking numbers here. We're, we're talking conversion yes. rates and, you know, in, in my industry and in your industry, there's, you know, these conversion rates get talked about a lot. You know, you, you, 
the amount of people that you can get to a presentation versus the amount yes. of people you can get to take action from a presentation versus the amount of people, those people you can get to actually make a commitment. And then from those people, how many people you can get to see that commitment through. So, you know, for anyone who's listening, don't worry so much about the numbers now. Um, you know, probably the best way to look at the numbers is they're always a lot lower than you think they're going to be. You know, yes. in certain industries, 2% is good. So, you know, don't worry so much about the numbers at the moment. The most important thing about this topic is that, you know, if you can get this right, if you can get your signature story right, then whatever opportunity you are chasing, you are mm. going to be quantum leaps ahead and being able to make that happen. Mm. Yeah, well, I know for me, it's um, when I first started, especially on the online world, because probably about four years ago, I made a transition from being a, you know, a, a event speaker uh, to actually really just delivering online courses and things like that. And um, I know for me, the first time I ever created an online course, I was so excited about it because I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to change the world. And I'm messaging everyone on Facebook, like Facebook probably would have banned, banned me, right? So I'm doing all this wild, wild west activities on Facebook. I'm DMing people, people are hating me, all this sort of stuff, right? But I'm just so excited about this course. And I actually had 600 people sign up for the training series to, to watch the course, like to watch the training series and then potentially join the course. And I was doing the numbers and I don't know if anyone's ever done this before where like maybe you're at an event or you're, you've got these leads and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to like, uh, and I'm going to get the, my message. Yeah, I, I call that the perfect day numbers. We all do them. <laughs> the like, and per- you know what? If 50% if did and then if 25% did, all yeah, these exactly. are the perfect day. Yeah, and so I'm doing those, right? I'm doing that and I'm telling my wife, I'm, I'm like, babe, this is going to change our life. This is going to be the best thing we've ever done in our, you know, in our world. Like, like it's, it's, I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to help so many people, all this sort of stuff. And then I remember I did the training and, and, I, and I opened the offer and the first day, no one bought. So zero, right? And I'm thinking, okay, maybe day two is going to be the day. Second day, no one bought. <laughs> Give people a chance to digest. You know, it's going to happen. Yeah, they it's just obviously come. need more time. Day three, no one bought. And then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, maybe day four is going to be the flood day. And day four hit, no one buys. And the last four hours, someone buys the lowest payment plan, right? The 12 pay. And because that's what we sometimes do, we offer like a 12 pay. And um, I was completely devastated. Like absolutely, because I had just lost thousands of dollars on building this online course. And uh, I was like, maybe this can't work. And I went back to that idea that we were talking about before, which was that you're one irresistible presentation away from the breakthrough you're looking for. And I got obsessed about what's the difference between content that connects and content that converts in a way that really is authentic as well. Um, And then what was crazy was that same course, like I could go into my Kajabi, we've had, I think, 4,000 members join that course over the last six years and it's around a $500 course. Like you can kind of do the numbers. It's crazy. And so what's amazing was that literally from that experience of not being able to sell my course to realizing, and this is coming down to a whole nother idea, which is I realized that I thought my course was my offer, but my offer and my course are different things. 
And so when I understood that, I went deep into the audience and gone and asked them, what are the main things that they want in this offer? And then I crafted the offer so that the offer like fit the audience psychology correctly. And I didn't change the course at all. And then the course started selling. Okay. There's a couple of things I just want to, there's a couple of rabbit holes there. And I just want to go them. So, you know, the first rabbit hole there is, you know, you go from zero and and we've all had that moment. I've heard so many versions of that moment of people who are trying to start a business, people who are trying to get out there more, fill a room, fill a pipeline and who end up just sat in the backseat of their car crying because that first go, that version one is never the perfect day scenario that you hope it's going to be. And so I think it's worth just pointing that out, that version one. It's usually worst day scenario. Yeah, you know, we have to, (laughs) I have a saying that that it's always version eight. And unfortunately, we forget that it's always version eight and we tend to smack ourselves around on version one, two, and three. And if we can just embrace those, we'll get to version eight a lot faster. So there's that. The second thing is that, and I think it's worth just pointing out some numbers here. You went from literally zero in sales, pretty much, to, for those of you who didn't do the maths, I've got it written down here. Eventually you went to doing, you know, $100,000 worth of worth of conversions in an hour. And that's gone on to, I've got 2.3 million here, which yes. I, I know it's bigger than that now. So let's go, let's go to what you were just talking about there, which is the difference between the product and the offer. And I, mm. I see that happen so many times where what we think our job is, is to drive a product, drive a service, you know, give people as much information as we possibly can about our product or service. And actually in my world, the flip is from driving a product or a service to driving a conversation. Your job is to drive Mm. a conversation. Um, I feel like you're going to take that even one step further now, which is it's not about the product or the service. It's about the offer. So walk through the difference Mm. there. Mm. So my my belief is that an offer, which most people think their course is the offer, which I guess it kind of is. But for me, the offer is a space that I'm holding that my prospects, if they're willing to commit to themselves, can enter to experience a a transformation. And so for me, when I'm selling... It's not about selling. It's about asking the audience, are they willing to commit to themselves on the next level? And so when they enter the offer, they enter a place that is actually, for me, it's actually a sacred place of transformation. And so, so the, when they enter that offer, the, the currency of the commitment is money, which is an obvious one, time, energy, focus, attention, these are all the currencies that someone has to bring to their offer to, to, to experience the space that I'm holding for them. And that space for me right now is, is self from stage Academy, right? That's our main offer. And it's like, that is a space that I hold for people to experience a transformation in what I help them with. Now, the, if we go back to this idea of what's the difference between your program and the offer, the, the, the difference is a lot of the time, the program is the Uber ride. Now, what I mean by that is uh, many times when people go to sell their offer, what they do is they go, imagine this, you're waiting in the morning and your Uber turns up and you pull your bags out, you get in the Uber and then you drive to the airport and you get your ticket and you get on the plane. 
and then you get off the plane and then you get a taxi to your hotel and you get in your hotel room and you check in, you sit down on your bed and you're at the hotel on your vacation, your holiday. And people are like, okay. <laughs> and then the opposite way to see it, or the, the correct way to see it as an offer is imagine you're lying on this luxurious deck chair and you're overlooking the Pacific Ocean. You can feel the warm breeze over your skin. The, you, the, your favorite people are right next to you drinking your favorite drink and you can just hear the ocean breaking in front of you and you just feel this sense of calm coming over your body. Now, who wants to go on a vacation now? And so it's like most people sell the program, which is the Uber ride. When you have to sell the actual outcome or the transformation, which is the offer. And so most people get obsessed with, oh, I've got this module and that module and this module and this process where the audience, all they really care about is, is this going to give them the transformation in a time that's a lot faster than they can achieve and in a way that takes a lot less effort? So you're basically going from from selling a product to to selling a destination. I think that's probably like a yes. the most succinct way that I can that I can think of it. Um, and I also I want to pick up on a word that you use there because I can kind of feel the need to to cover this part of the conversation, and that was the word sacred. Mm. And I think it's a beautiful it's a beautiful word. And I know that for you and for a lot of people that you, one of your biggest blocks to stepping from where you were, which was frustrated that the change you were trying to make, the impact you were trying to have, the business you were trying to build just was not getting the traction that you wanted it to, to where you are now was getting over this mental hurdle of, I don't want to feel that horrible feeling mm. when I'm trying to sell people. I want to help people. I don't want to sell people. I just want to be able to tell them about something amazing and then them flock to me because it's so amazing. And all I have to do is say the words that it exists, build it and they will come and they will come, you know, and it's that awful realization of, oh my goodness, no, I, I need to sell this. I have to step up to the plate mm. and sell this. And I don't want to do it in a yucky, salesy, awkward way. How did you, how did you get past that hurdle? Because I know it was a big one for you at the beginning. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's a big one for, for most people. Because I would say anyone in this expert thought leadership space, like they get into it because they have some ideas, some concepts that they want to help people with. Right. So, so there, they really is, obviously they want to create, you know, a business that has meaning that makes money, all that sort of stuff. But there's also a real big intention for people of going like, I just want to help people. And, and the problem is, is that that usually leads them to when they are selling their stuff on a webinar or a virtual stage, a virtual event or a live event, what they tend to do is they, out of that heart of trying to serve people, they, overload the audience with too much information and they basically teach everything that's in their course and then at the end they say hey if you thought this was valuable imagine when you pay me how much value you're going to get and that just doesn't work uh, like I wish it did it just doesn't work <laughs> it doesn't work it would be so easy and simple if it did oh I wish it did I wish you could just literally teach your course and show them everything that you can do and then go, okay, and then the next step is the buying our program and joining. So, so what do we what do we do wrong? What do you do wrong? I know I've heard you mention some, and when you were talking about them, I was like nodding my head. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
um, you know, mistaking our signature story, our, you know, our go-to tool story as our origin story. I'm just going to tell you my entire biography. I'm going to tell you everything I've ever done in my life. Um, what are some, and that was always my bugbear, what, what are some of the other mistakes that we make when we're putting together these signature stories? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, a signature story is a core, a core part of, of any presentation that sells. And so some of the mistakes that people make with their signature story is thinking that their signature story is about them. Uh, and I know that's like the, the, the big thing here is that most people think that they're telling their story but when you tell it correctly, you're actually telling your audience's story. And the most effective way to do that is to enter the internal tension and conversation that you are having with yourself through the struggle and the challenge that you had in your story. And so external experiences are specific, internal experiences are universal. And so when you tell your signature story, the way that you take people on the journey with you is you have a deep, a deeper experience of what was going on internally in you, the struggles you had, the desires you had, the tension you felt, the disappointment, the, 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 you know, the overwhelm, whatever you were experiencing, because that's the universal experience that humans have, not the necessarily the specific experience, but the specific experience externally makes it a story the internal experience makes it a universal transfer of of emotion and journey. And I know I've heard you mention saturating their senses, which I, I yes. just think is a really good way to look at exactly what you're talking about right now. You don't spend there's a little bit of time talking about the exact situation, but your exact situation isn't going to match many people's exact situation. However, mm. as you said, your internal experience of that situation, the struggles you were having, how you were feeling about yourself or the situation, the realization that you had, that's your internal experience and that is universal. And you do that by saturating somebody's senses. So can you, mm. what, what does that mean for you when you say those words? Yeah, well, I mean, saturating senses is, comes back to like what people saw, what people heard, what people felt. Um, and obviously there's taste and smell, which are the other senses, but, but on those three initial senses, there's external and internal, which is what did you see externally in this, in the story of your journey? And then what did you see internally? What was the vision you had for your life? What, what were you seeing as pictures in yourself? What, what were you hearing externally from people from around you, the, the naysayers? And what were you telling yourself? What was the, the, the judgments you had of yourself, the questions you had of yourself? What were you feeling you could do feeling externally? Or, but what were you feeling internally? Like the, the, the challenges, the gut experiences, that sort of stuff. And so when we talk about saturating the senses, that's like one principle of telling a great signature story. Um, now, you know, if I think about what you asked before of going like, what are the other mistakes? One other mistake is you, you mentioned that people just tell their origin story. One of my obsessions and kind of uniqueness is getting people to tell their conversion story. And so their conversion story is when you align your signature story with the idea of what I call a core premise. Now, I'm not the only, I'm not, I didn't make up core premise, but a core premise is essentially the key idea that you were trying to transfer to your audience through the story. And so for me, one of my key ideas is that you are 
one irresistible presentation away from the breakthrough you want in your business, right? That's that's my key idea. Every business owner, every thought leader, every expert needs to have a core premise for their business. Um, I was just doing some coaching with a guy just recently and 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 his core premise is around using social media to grow he to grow your real estate business, right? I was doing some private coaching with him. And so everyone should have a core premise. And the core premise is like if you can if you can cascade your business or just kind of dissolve your business down to one idea, it's that one idea that if the audience believes that idea, then your program or working with you is the next step. And so when someone asks you to tell your story, you shouldn't tell your story, you should tell the you should tell the story that aligns with the core premise of what you help people with. And so the core premise itself, and we're going to get to the structure of a signature story in a minute for those of you who are who are just thinking just like is there a framework? Give me a framework. <laughs> um but just just hold back for a second. So the yes. the core premise is the vehicle plus the outcome. So yes. the so to, for example, you, you know, you are one um, irresistible presentation irresistible. away from. So that's the vehicle. The vehicle is the irresistible yep. presentation away from the next breakthrough in your business. So the outcome is you getting a breakthrough in your business, and that yes. is the. So whenever you tell a story. Every story is designed around getting that core premise across, giving people an actual experience of that core premise to believe it in their mind, body, and soul that that is the truth. Yeah. So like one of my clients, she's a time management um, like expert. And uh, she used to tell a story about um, like working in corporate and just getting, you know, getting back on top of a time and all that sort of stuff. Like, and that was okay, but it was missing some of the key ingredients of a conversion story. And one of them was the level of vulnerability that you really need to bring to it. Um, and then she realized that she had this moment where she was at a park with her daughter and pushing her daughter on the swing, having a conversation with a stranger, another mum who she just met at the park. She's completely oblivious, thinking about work, not being present. And the other mum asks, got in, got in conversation with her and she she gradually gets in the conversation. And then the mum said, like, what, oh, what do you do outside of work? Like, what do you do with your daughter? What do you do for fun? And she literally stopped and said, I, I, I first of all, I don't really spend any time with my daughter. And... And I actually don't know what I do for fun. I have actually lost any sort of connection to myself in my life. And it was at that realization that she realized that how she was managing her priorities in her life was completely off and ill-aligned with how she wanted to live. And so that, that then all of a sudden becomes a more powerful conversion story because it's like diving into the the difficulty she was having, as opposed to like, she was at work, she had an overload in a schedule. And so she organized her time and she got more effective in her time. And so like, that's just another example of, of, of a conversion story. And she teaches productivity, right? And what you've just touched on there is, is something else I've heard you speak about, which is the, the intersection between vulnerability. And and I'm going to say this, right. I get this word wrong every time. Vulnerability and invincibility. And when you are at your most powerful, when you're at your most impactful, it is when you are between those two places. And for most of us, 
I, I know for me, for most of us, we struggle with one, either both of the ends of that spectrum or one of the ends of that spectrum more so than the other. You know, we're very happy about talking about our successes, but not so happy about talking about those moments, specifically in feeling language, in human language, that we realized that it wasn't working or something had to change. Or, you know what, we were we were on our knees and we needed to find a way out. And some people are very good at talking about their vulnerability, but shy way, way away from talking about any moment, you know, any of the things that they've done well, any of their successes or their credibility. How do we, how do we, how do you find that midpoint on that kind of mm. spectrum? Mm. Well, you, you're touching on like, uh, I, I felt like, I pretty much had a download in my life at, at about six years ago when I realized that that someone is someone's charismatic, someone is attractive as a human being when they've got the right balance between their invincibility and their vulnerability. When 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 they have got the right balance between the superpowers and the strengths in their life and the stories and the struggles that they've gone through. And when you can balance the two, which is part of the ingredients of a conversion story, when you can balance the two, all of a t all of a sudden you become incredibly attractive as a human being. And so, really, one of the first things is to, I think, it, with your audience and they're listening, is to become aware of going, what side of the spectrum do I lean towards? Am I someone who tells a lot of like my struggles? and talks about my struggles and and brings up my, maybe you share the drama in your life on social media, or you talk about your struggles or the things that have been hard. And you're really struggling to, at the moment, to stand in your authority, to stand in your credibility. And, or you could be someone who maybe you've been doing this for a while and you actually, and a lot of the time I see these people uh, in the corporate world, um, because they have, they they basically change their, or they adapt to their environment to show no kinks in their armor, right? And so all they're trying to show is they're Superman. There's no Clark Kent at all, and so so they're all Superman. They're kind of invincible, and all of a sudden they become very professional and reliable, but not attractive as human beings. And so when you get the right balance, which is that authenticity, that vulnerability, that struggle, that your story, your difficulty, combined with the results, the credibility, the invincibility, you become irresistible. You become charismatic. You become attractive. And the, a good signature story does that. For me, the, there's, there's always this flip between authenticity and intentionality. And I hear it so many times from CEOs and founders and entrepreneurs who are like, you know what, all I hear is be more authentic. Just be authentic. Just be your authentic self. And firstly, I don't, I don't know what that means. And secondly, it doesn't sound that attractive. Because half the time I'm making this up as I go along. Yeah. Um, and no one wants to hear that. Is this really me? Yeah. No one wants yeah. to hear that. And the flip that I usually take in those moments is, you need to forget about the word authentic for a minute. This is not about being authentic and by authentic. I mean, this is not about, you know, opening up your soul and, and downloading your innermost demons mm. onto social media. It is not about that. It is about being intentional 
about what mm. am I, and this ties beautifully to your your concept of a conversion story or a story that creates action. What do I want people to get out of what I'm about to share? What is the core idea I'm trying to get across? And what is the most intentional way I can do that? Is the most intentional way I can do that to share a part of myself that I don't usually share? Mm. To help them feel what it feels like to move past however they're feeling right now? Or is the most intentional thing I can do in this moment to share a success story, to give them a vision of what it could be, of what it can be? So I I don't know. I just feel like for me, a lot of people get stuck behind this rock of authenticity. Um, Mm. I'm just supposed to be authentic, but like, what does that look like? And I don't think I want it, even if I knew. And moving past that into standing back enough and going, what's the most intentional way for me to create the change that I want to create right now? or create the impact mm. that I want to create right now. And even if it makes me feel uncomfortable, like being vulnerable, I'm going to show up and I'm going to go there. Mm. Yeah, because, well, the the vulnerability, the author, or let's not use that word authenticity, the vulnerability, um, the struggle makes you human. It makes you connectable. It makes you like, you're like me. So it answers that first question of you are like me and then the credibility, the um, results, the invincibility answers the question of, can I be like you? Mm. Um, so it's like the first one is I like, oh, it's like you're like me. And then there's like this weird juxtapose of, and can I be like you? I love that. I love that. So you've got yes. to answer that question first of all. Are you like yes. me? Are you like me? Before yes. you've earned the right... Because at that point, if I don't think you're like me, I'm going to shut down. I'm going to stop. That's fine for you. You're successful. You're charismatic. You're extroverted. You have tons of money. You're beautiful. You know, whatever, whatever the story happens to be. Yes, all the story. All All the the stories. It's fine for you, but but you're not like me. So you've got to answer that question first. Are you like me? And then step into the, can I be like you question? Yes. Love that. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about the framework. For those of you who are, you know, sat there with a pen and paper ready, just like get onto the framework already. Um, what is the signature story framework? Just walk through what are all the elements that a signature story needs to have? Yeah. So, well, first of all, if we think about the, you know, from a, like, from a, like a Venn diagram perspective, if anyone likes Venns, the three big elements of a signature story to be, uh, of a conversion story, should I say, um, to be really clear are, first of all, you have to lead through connection. And connection is you start in a place that is difficult. You start in a place where there's vulnerability, where there's struggle, where you were not the version of who you are right now. And that helps the audience to go, oh, this person's like me or this person's been through stuff like me. It disarms the audience so that they go, oh, wow, I've struggled like them as well. They're a human being they're not the superpower, the superhuman, superwoman that I'm seeing on the virtual stage, the live stage or wherever you're speaking from or even talking from. So the first element is, is this, this, um, this connection piece. And so that is unpacking the, it's really like the struggle, the moments that you had in that, in that struggle. And it's also looking at the internal desires that you had back then of what you wanted to create because what's cool is that when you articulate the internal desires of what you had uh, uh, 
in contrast to the external reality and the internal challenges that you are experiencing, you get this tension that happens. And in that tension is where the audience goes, once again, this person's like me. They've got desires like me. They've got hopes like me. They've got unfulfilled hopes like me, just like me. I've got unfulfilled hopes. But then you're also leading them towards the fact that you've also fulfilled those very hopes that you're describing, right? It, which is which takes you on that journey. So the first piece, to be really clear, is the connection piece. It's vulnerability, it's internal struggle, it's external struggle, it's the desires, it's the hopes, the dreams. And so usually I recommend for people is to you find a moment of when that happened. Like what was like one of your lowest moments, one of the most difficult moments, and you describe that moment, you describe the struggle, who was there, what you were doing, where you were living, maybe how old you were, what the situation was, right? You describe it. Just to go deep on that one for a second, in my world we call that the Tuesday afternoon open which is when you drop yep. straight into, it was a Tuesday afternoon. It was raining. Yes. I could hear children playing outside. And for those of you, again, who are maybe feeling some discomfort here around selling, you know, I was, just to pick up on what you were saying, I was working with an, an incredible woman who's the head of a, of a climate change kind of incubator. And her job was to go out there into the corporate world and try and sell people on turning their entire organization to net zero, to net zero carbon. And she told this beautiful story at the beginning, her Tuesday afternoon, her first moment of her story was as a parent when she realized the world she was going to hang hand over to her children and how hopeless she felt about not knowing what on earth she could do about it. Mm. So that was, so she's not selling somebody on buying anything. She's just selling somebody mm. on making a change. She's selling somebody on making a commitment to do something differently. So I just mm. wanted to throw those two, those two things in there. Love it. Yeah. So the, so the first piece of the framework is the challenge. Um, it's the connection, the connection, the challenge, right? Uh, it's that tension, the desire, the moment of struggle, the lowest moment, that sort of thing. And then the 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 kind of the next second part of where you're going towards is the credibility, and so that's the victory. And so there's a journey. There's a there's usually a decision that you made, a moment of decision where you said enough's enough. I'm going to make a decision to see a change in my life. And you you made that decision, and then the and then the journey that you went on. Now, to be honest, you don't have to get into too much detail in, in the journey. There might be one moment that you describe. But it's really the, the the kind of like what was the transformational experience that you went through that then led to the credibility and to the result that that you got that you you received or that you created in your life. So you move from this challenge where you had these desires, these internal struggles, and then you made a decision. What was the decision? And you can even articulate that decision, that courageous moment of decision. And then you move towards the credibility, which is the results, the victory that you experience, and you can just describe that victory. And um, when you do that, all of a sudden you become the person that they want to be um, in, in the you know in the story. But once again, your story, if you say it right, they're going to make enough neurological connections to realize that they that your story is actually partly their story. And so they're going to unconsciously put themselves into your story and be like, I would love to do that journey as well. Now, the secret sauce in this is the third element. 
And the third element is, is aligning that story with the core premise. And so that is where you tell your story from the struggle, the difficulty, the decision you made, the journey you went on, the transformational experience that you had, and then the result you got. And then you remind them of the one big revelation that you had, which was your core premise. And so for me, I realized that I was just one irresistible presentation away from the breakthrough I was looking for in my business, right? That's that's my core premise. Now, you're going to have the listeners, you know, even you, Julie, you're going to have your own core premise that that is true, 100% just as true as the core premise I shared then. But it's going to be a core premise that aligns with your message and your business. And so, you know, for everyone, you have to work out what's that one idea, that big domino idea that you want your your story to reinforce and really transfer as a belief so that when it comes down to, I mean, for me, I teach people to sell on, on stage. So for me, it comes down to the offer. It's like when it, when the offer is revealed, that offer aligns with the core story succinctly so that the offer is just the next step in that journey towards being the person that you already are right now. Can you just dive into that just just for a minute, which is the transition between those things because you've got the, the story. And for those of you who are listening, I don't know if you've if you've realized up, up until this point, but that story that you told at the beginning of our conversation, the, the story of building the course and getting zero sales and then your journey, that is one of your core stories because it led you yes. to this epiphany, this realization. So you've got a story, you've got the epiphany and the realization. And then you said, and then you put in the offer and I could feel my whole body go, oh, here we go. It's that awkward transition from yeah. this is really lovely and, and I'm giving value and I'm helping to now's the time where I actually have to get you to do something or ask you to do something. Mm. How do you manage that without the, the mm. yuck, I guess? Mm. I think for me, I, I really bring him in my forefront in my mind that I'm not asking for money. All, all I'm asking for them is to go, if you resonate with me and you want th this outcome, then this is a space where you can, where I'm holding for you to commit to yourself. I'm holding a sacred place where you can commit to yourself towards that outcome in a faster, more effective way. And so for me, I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm literally asking is this something that you want to commit to? And if it's not, then don't commit to it. Like, I, I, I'm not going to make you commit to it. You have to make that decision. And so for me, when I move towards the offer, like I said, for me, I'm just opening a door and going, in this, if you want to walk through this door, we've got a space here where you can see a transformation. And, and if you don't want to see that transformation, then don't walk through the door. But if you do, then you're welcome to come in. So for me, it's not like I'm not trying to like awkwardly sell something. I'm so passionate and also so convinced that if they walk through this door, then I know that my, my system works, the process works, and I'm committed to it with integrity, um, that if they put in the work, then they're at least going to get better results than what they're getting right now. Um, and so there's like an integrity to it and a, and a, and a conviction to it. And there's also that flip, right, from interruption to invitation. Like the the whole thing of 
that horrible feeling mm. when I'm just going to interrupt my story. I'm going to interrupt people yeah. to try and get them to do something. And that feels awful. That flip from, no, we're not interrupting anything or anyone. We're purely and simply putting an invitation out there. Here mm-hmm. is what it could look like. Um, here is, a, as you said, a sacred space where we have the tools and the ability to fast track your journey. You are invited. You are, yes. you are absolutely invited. I love that word. Mm. Yeah. And, and so it's not like, would you like to join? And I always like to use that even in one-on-one conversations. If I'm ever doing one-on-one selling, you know, it, it will be, you know, based on where you're at and where you're wanting to go in your business. Like, I think this could be a really good fit. And so we would like to invite you into the program if it's something that you resonate with and would like to take that next step forward. And so it's not like, would you like to join? It's not, um, you know, do you want to buy now? It's, we would like to invite you into the program. Mm. I was actually working with a group of, um, of of business owners who are in the early stages of their of their kind of business career and stuck at the same place we all get stuck in the early days of business, which is, I believe in this, I want to do this, and now I actually have to sell it. And no, <laughs> can, we just, can so I avoid? True. Can I avoid this bit? Can we just bypass this bit? And that mind flip from you're not interrupting people, you're you're inviting. Mm. So mm. going in with an invitation mindset rather than it, because if you feel like you're interrupting either your, yourself or them, it's going to have this energy about it that's not pleasant for anybody. Mm. So moving- well, for me, for me, I can't serve my audience at the highest level until, until they buy from me. Mm. So for me, selling is, is serving. And so because if you think about it, there's two worlds. There's your prospects, which are people who haven't bought from them from you and then there's clients and and my prospects i'm serving them like i'm giving them free content we we run a podcast as well like there's tons of free stuff cool stuff but where do i get all my results like literally pretty much 99% of my results it is not from my prospects it is the people who have bought from me and it's not about the money it's about because the money represents a commitment it's the commitment to themselves a commitment to the process and my commitment to them as well. And there's like that beautiful synergy, that magic that happens when that commitment takes place. But it's not for everyone. Not everyone's going to be a client. That's totally fine. It's not about making everyone a client. It's the right people becoming a client. And so for me, um, selling is where I'm able to serve at a higher level. And so that's Mm -hmm. how I view it. Selling is actually my serving. I've also heard you say before that um, developing your signature story is an internal journey. And when I heard you say that, I was like, that is, that is so true because the tools are there, right? What's, what's the main piece of internal work that we need to do in order to get out there and start using our signature stories? Mm. I think a lot of it is, is, is the courage to the courage to usually be a little bit more vulnerable or to to realize that you know when i say expose like exposing your frailties a bit more that's what a lot of people when they you know when they ever start working with me or our processes is is that they like that girl that example her name is megan um where she was telling the corporate story where she needed to tell the mum pushing her daughter on the swing you know, not doing a great job of it story. Um, and so, because that's the story that as soon as she started telling that story, like her conversions in her programs just went through the roof. And people were literally like writing to her, your story 
just changed my life because I realized that that's how I was living my life. And so I think the internal work is realizing that you need to bring some level of vulnerability to it um, to really make it resonate on an, on, on a deeper level. Um, but then once again, realizing that, that the purpose of that is not, is, is the fact that that story, if you told it, tell it right, the purpose of it is, is, is their story. It's actually that when you tell your story, right, they actually just hear their story in your story. So don't even worry. Cause it's not even about you anyway. <laughs> And I've, you know, I can't tell you how many times, again, working with speakers for all those years, mm. I would hear their stories repeated back. I'd be at another event and I'd overhear somebody saying, you know, I heard this story once and it was about this particular person's realization of leadership and how it changed their life. And these stories become your Chinese whispers. They become mm. the thing that lives on, the things that attracts people to that. If you get your signature story right, People will tell it and retell it and retell it and retell it. And it becomes your best mm. marketing tool because no one's yes. going to tell, no one's going to read your brochure out to somebody else. You know, no one's going to go through your PowerPoint presentation with somebody else that they know over a drink, but they will tell your signature story at home with the people that they know who are likely mm. also potentially to be your target market as well. So it becomes mm. this incredible marketing tool. 100%. Well, it's, it's the, the legends it becomes like your legend kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that a great conversion story is is like, it's one of those stories where people go, oh my gosh, like I can't believe that you did that. I can't believe that that happened. Um, and the more it can get like that, the better. And, you know, I, I, I believe in telling 100% the truth. And I also believe in making your story good. And so, you know, there's certain ways you can tell your story that that the audience will go like oh my gosh like that is just mind-blowing and that could be going that could be showing like a fast transformation or you know for me like that one presentation and my whole business blew up and like it's like like because there was also other moments in my life where i tried a whole bunch of things and it just didn't work it wasn't necessarily speaking but you know like the you, you got you've got to highlight the best bits of it <laughs> <laughs> to make it good. Oh, I have hundreds of yeah. those stories. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I have. It's probably so about a hundred to one ratio, I reckon, between those type of stories yes. and then the other type of story. And well, the that, good part is you only need one. You only need one. So that's fine. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and in absolutely acknowledging that as well, you know, the reason that a signature story is so powerful is because of all the things you tried before the epiphany that you had that actually enabled you to break through. Um, yeah. All right, I'm going to let you go after just one final question, and that is um, if I could give you a stage. I keep I ask this question at the end of every podcast, and usually I'm speaking to people that have no shortage of stages. So, but yeah. if I could, <laughs> if I could give you a stage and a microphone and put in front of you every single person that you would ever want to influence, what's mm. what's the one thing that you would want them to know? I think the one thing I'd want them to know is that the most powerful idea for me in my life is continually reflecting on the fact that I'm, I'm going to die and that I need to, and that you never truly live until you realize that you're going to die one day. And for me, I think a lot of people, are living dead anyway because they've stopped 
making courageous decisions in their life. They've stopped going after their dreams. And so the day that you truly live is when you realize that that you're not going to be here forever. And I know for us, we moved from Australia to America four years ago. And that question was, you know, if I get to the end of my life and we haven't done this, whether it's successful or not, I don't know. I was like, if I get to the end of my life and we haven't given this a good go, would I really regret it? And and for us, it was yes. And so we made that courageous decision to, you know, cross cross the Pacific and move countries and and just give it a go, whether it was going to work out or not. And so for me, that would that's kind of like, you know, the, the most powerful idea when I think about growing my life and my business is realizing that that you have to make those courageous decisions and make it from that future self. Um, and the more you do that, the more you really live. Mm, wow. Actually, there's a girlfriend in my life who we often have that conversation. I've never spoken about it on the podcast before, but we have that conversation frequently, which is, you know, how, how often do you think about your, your passing? How often do you think about, because if you can think about it frequently enough, there's an there's a frisson, right? There's an energy mm. that enters into oh. your living that it's very hard and it's not being morbid and it's not being dark. No, not at all. It's just embracing the, a, a one fundamental truth, not ignoring it, not pretending it doesn't exist, but embracing a one fundamental truth and allowing that to energize and amplify everything that you're able to do today and in this mm. moment. So thank you. I've never that's never been brought into the podcast before, but I really well. I, I wrote my eulogy the other day. I wrote my eulogy the other day because I want to do my own eulogy at my death. I want to actually do a video or a whatever it is a three D eulogy at my own death. Wow. Yeah. So I, I've already written it. My my wife doesn't want to know about it. She's like, babe, do not ever read that thing to me. Like you know, like. But I read it every, like at least once a week. I read, I read my eulogy. Yeah. I haven't taken it that far. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really sit with that. No, I'm gonna really sit with that because that's taking a concept that you know I've kind of woven into my life anyway and taking it to a whole mm. different degree. Well, I had no idea that we were gonna end up here. However, um, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for, thank you for your time. I knew the second. You came up on screen as a speaker at an event that I was that I was attending that I'd love to share you on the podcast. So thank you for showing up and, and giving the best of everything you've got. Oh, absolutely. Well, Julie, can I acknowledge you? Because, you know, what you've built in your life and how you've shown up in your life for your family, for your business um, is, is, is just very inspiring. And I think that everyone listening to you on this podcast um, you know, should know that they are in good hands and in good invite, good advice sitting under your mentorship. And so, um, you know, it's a pleasure having a conversation with you and, and being connected with you. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me, having me on here. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have seized hold of at least one tool, idea or mindset that will help you start raising your own level of influence. Now, for those of you who want to take the next step in your journey or would just love a roadmap to becoming the most influential voice, idea or brand in your space, then I have good news. 
you can now download the latest updated version of my ebook, The Influencer Code, from my website, juliemasters.com. Also, there's a link in the show notes. Just pop in your email address, and I promise I will not spam you, but it is jam-packed full of ideas, tools, and case studies that I have come across in my now 20-plus years of doing this work, not to mention the seven areas and seven core questions that I have found to be hands-down the most valuable when it comes to immediately lifting your ability to make an impact. Download it, keep it, share it, juice it for all it is worth. I hope it makes a massive difference in both your career and your business. Thank you always to my co-founder and the main brain behind this podcast, Lauren Kelly. You kick my butt in all the right ways. Thank you for making it happen. And if you did enjoy the show, then we would love you to share this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, whatever your platform of choice happens to be. And don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode.